going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Uh, before we really get into the Cowboys, it's a Super Bowl Sunday edition. We are recording this, you know, just you know, half hour after the the Chiefs win a thriller of a Super Bowl. At least that's what I think. I'm interested how you feel about the game. But before we get into that, Aiden, how are you? I'm doing great because especially through the first three quarters tonight or for sorry, up until like halftime and maybe a little bit into the third quarter. Yeah, you could even say the first three quarters. I was thinking, oh, no, we're watching the Rams and the Patriots all over again. Like, this mm. is just a snooze. Fest. And then something clicked yeah. fourth quarter overtime. Man, tonight was a fun night. Yeah, that was and some you know what I, I like defensive struggles. I like teams that you know have to try to figure it out. So I what you're saying isn't like um all that different, right? I've seen that take and it's valid, but for me, I'm like, okay, this is two teams trying to figure it out. The 49ers look like the better team for most of the game, in my opinion. And um, but Pat Mahomes, man, he's inevitable. That guy is un- unbelievable. Everything he does, all the things he overcame this year, I mean. Truly just on the field, they, they had a deficiency of talent, a wide receiver, the guy who made the game one and touchdown wasn't even on the team to begin the year. It's just, it's totally, it's totally crazy, but man, the Chiefs get it done and what a, what a, what a game. This is incredibly discouraging for everybody who's not a Chiefs fan because the Chiefs will, they had, I think we could agree that the, clearly the worst they less talent on the offense, offensive line, offensive weapons at the running back position. The only thing the Chiefs had an, a, a hand over the 49ers over was the quarterback position. And the Chiefs walked out of their Super Bowl champion. I, I just think <laughs> it's looking like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are, they're not only the next Tom Brady. I think we, we're just like seeing a comp- a dynasty that it's like, oh, you need Patrick Mahomes to be injured in order for anybody else in the NFL to feel comfortable that the Chiefs aren't going to be in the Super Bowl. Let's do the knee knee jerk reaction Monday morning quarterback thing here is are you ready to put Pat Mahomes in the in the Brady conversation? Is it too early? That's going to be thrown around like crazy this week and probably all off season. Where are you stand on it? Here's here's my at the beginning. Do you remember the first game of the season against the Lions where it it was a complete offensive ineptitude by the Chiefs because of how many, like that was the game where Kadarius Tony dropped the ball and it fell right in the line's hands. It took it back for a pick six, drops all over the field. And you you were just watching the Chiefs wide receiving core just look completely incompetent. I fired out a tweet after that game. I said, if Patrick Mahomes can manage to win a Super uh, if Patrick Mahomes can manage to win the Super Bowl with this wide receiving core, this complete lack of talent, we have to start considering him the GOAT and now we hear here we are six Crazy. months later where I didn't expect that to happen. I don't, I mean, man, I, you can't throw him into the GOAT conversation yet. I think you can start having the conversation that he's probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen step on a football field. Yeah. I mean, he's in the gro- he's in the GOAT trajectory, right? Like what yes. he's doing is he's on the he's on that plane. He's got some work to do, but I put a tweet out shortly after the game ended. I was like, who can deny this guy at this point, right? I mean, at this point, like, how could you tell him he can't do anything? I mean, look at all the off-the-field distractions. Travis Kelsey and, you know, at some points, whatever the case may be, he he looked not himself. And, 
Rashid Rice, Rashid Rice had to become his number one wide receiver. And, you know, Kadarius Tony was like a, you know, a sideshow in himself. There was just really not much stability. But when you got the best pure quarterback in the world, you're going to have a chance every single Sunday. And, and I, I think you would agree the 49ers top to bottom are probably a better football team. They just don't have the 100%. better quarterback. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to watch in, to kind of spin it to a Cowboys side here or a Cowboys thing to kind of reel it in here. Randy Gregory making plays. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. He got a sack early on, right? Early. Yeah. And, and then, then didn't really do much after no. that. But it's, yeah. I want to ask you this is, is would you agree? And I think I would when I ask this question, would you agree that the Cowboys probably have a better roster than the chiefs do or, or am I tripping? Yeah, I mean, if you exclude the quarterback position, but I just think right. like, yeah, but the quarterback position is just like it's the Chiefs. It, it's so it's such on a completely different level than every other quarterback right. that the thirty-one other teams have. That it's just like insane. But yes, yeah. you're right. I think the Cowboys, if you exclude the quarterback position, have a more talented roster than the Chiefs. Yeah. And the frustrating thing is, is that this year Dak Prescott played better than Patrick Mahomes up until the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah. then Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes. It's it's so crazy because in a quantifiable measure, right? Like the quarterback position is worth X amount of what more than the rest of the the positions on the field. Right. Because like you said, the 49ers are a better football team. They look like they played like it from most of the game. They just don't go Pat Mahomes. The Cowboys top to bottom look like a team who is better than, you know, outside of quarterback and tight end, the Cowboys probably have a better complete, more complete roster than the chiefs, but they get bounced in the first round in embarrassing fashion. That quarterback is worth what? Three X, two X. Like how much more is he quantifiably better than the rest of the world? Because I mean, that's the, that's the game changer is having a guy like that. And, and it's insane how good he is and how good he is in these moments, because I don't know how you feel, but I'm a numbers guy. How do you how do you factor in a clutch factor? How do you factor in a a big moment guy where instead of the heart rate goes up, it goes down and things slow down for you when everything seems to be speeding up? Like he's just in a totally different class. That's that's the weird thing is that he did not have a good first half of football. He threw an interception which was a hundred percent on him. That was just yeah. a bad throw that Poor decision. Like, he, do, yeah. he typically doesn't make. I mean, he he got his team down the field twice i guess three times in the first half one one of those ended in a fumble so i it's it's not like he had a disastrous first half but man up until the, that third quarter it it was not looking good for patrick mahomes and it was just like oh yeah i'm patrick i'm gonna win this football game like i i understand 49ers you have a, t- a stacked roster but i'm just gonna win this football game because i'm patrick mahomes so it was incredible to see Absolutely. So now that we talked about the Super Bowl and we kind of get that out of our system, it's officially off season in this Cowboys things. And, you know, another year, the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl um, before we kind of pivot completely off of it. Can you give me some actionables that could put, you know, in your mind where the Cowboys can end up? Or is it just such a far fetched thing to even predict for this team at this point? It's I mean, here's the thing. I don't. The question, it really comes down to how far off do you think the Cowboys really were from the 49ers this year? Like, when it comes down to it, I understand. Like, we can get into the whole playoff thing. The Cowboys don't show up in the play, But, like, uh, 
even when they like do you think the Cowboys I understand when we played it it was not pretty and the 49ers absolutely blew us out and there's it's under you can say that the 49ers are like a tier above the Cowboys but I really don't think the Cowboys are that far off of the 49ers mm. who were within uh, an overtime game away from the Chiefs so like man I I'm going to keep saying this it's it's just luck it comes down to luck in the playoffs yeah I, I mean, don't know for me it's I would I think I can concede the fact that the 49ers are a better football team than the Cowboys they, and they are you know I think that's yeah. not a that's not an absurd thing to say um but they're also more consistent so I think when you're a better team who plays with more consistency you're you're liable to have a what 45 to 10 score um when you play them but I think this team's talent disparity is more indicative of the first two times where they played, where it's closer, one position yeah. games, you can figure out a way. And it didn't go your way because you're not nearly as consistent and, and you know, the ball doesn't bounce right for you. But I think the Cowboys are in the ballpark, but they're probably in the nosebleeds is probably the best analogy I can have. Like they're, they're there, but they're probably not like as close as you want them to be. Do you, do you think Lee, like, what do you think the actual on-field talent difference is? Do you think it's a leadership issue? Like, do you think Kyle Shanahan is just that much better, more better of a, more improved, I don't know, better coach than Mike? I don't know how to phrase that, but do you think yeah, it's it. just like Kyle Shanahan being better than Mike McCarthy thing? Or do you think like the on-field talent, the Niners just, comp- and they, the Niners have more talent on the field, but like how big is that on-field talent drop-off versus the difference in leadership? I th- I think what you said makes a lot of sense in the fact that I think the gap in scheme and preparation is pretty significant. I think Kyle I would should, agree. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, Mike McCarthy's won. He's won it his way. He's done it with Aaron Rodgers. He's found a way to win Super Bowl. And when you've done that, you're you're gonna do it your way, right? I think there's some adaptability, but some of these older coaches. They're like, okay, I know how to win. I got a recipe. I'm going to follow this recipe, and it doesn't really work. I see guys like Kyle Shanahan and, you know, the Mike McDaniels of the world and some of these younger coaches who are adapting to the game as it evolves. And when you add a consistent factor with a coach who is able to be innovative and do certain things plus a tenacity, right? Like I think the 49ers play with a physicality and a, and a and a chip on their shoulder that like we can't emulate, right? Like Trent Williams, I don't know if you saw, he didn't shake hands at the coin toss. Like Trent Williams, like he just didn't do that. Michael, yeah. Michael Parsons wants to have Jordan Love on his on his podcast. You know what I mean? Like it just we our best players. Um, it's probably not fair, and I don't even want to say, it, but our best players are more concerned with like being friendly you know what i mean and it's it's they go out in the football field and they're playing a game like trent williams debo samuel some of these guys fred warner some of these best guys have that edge that michael jordan's type of like you know f everybody i'm going out there and it you know it didn't they didn't win today but i think that the difference is the schematic difference between head coach and probably a tenacity you know mentality that the 49ers bring that the cowboys just don't have i agree with you i actually agree on both points I think the, I think I've settled in around the conclusion that I am completely. I will be the first one to admit there are a lot of coaches in the NFL that can. They're just flat out better than Mike McCarthy and flat out better coaches. However, given the amount of talent that the Cowboys have on this roster, I think it would be. And we know Mike McCarthy stick around for another year, so it's a moot point to argue. But I do think it would have been risky to just 
go out on a limb and just say, let's take a gamble with the new coach, given how much talent's on the roster. But yeah, I'll admit guys like Kyle Shanahan. I mean, there's, you can list Sean, like there was a laundry list of coaches that I think are better than Mike McCarthy. And I, Kyle Shanahan's absolutely one of them. So I, I completely agree with you that there is a massive leadership disparity there in terms of tenacity. I think that's it's mostly a 49ers thing where like they have that jukebox Debo Samuel. like it just seems like the 49ers just have so much like we're just going to punch you in the mouth type of energy to them that like it's like them and the Lions. And can do you do you think any other team really has it outside of those two? Like the Chiefs definitely do. We saw we saw the Chiefs just dealing with a myriad of things this season that it's amazing that they were able to stay focused through. But yeah. like, I think it's really just the Lions and the Niners, right? It, it's funny because if you look at the final four, I think all four of them had a little bit of taste of that, right? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I think the Ravens have some. I thought the Ravens were bullies until the Chiefs bullied them. I thought the yeah. Lions are bullies because of Dan Campbell. It's lent to that. But the 49ers have always had that swagger. And like you said, I think some of the best teams, as good as they are on the field, as good as they are in the playbook, they always bring that certain edge that the Cowboys just seem to lack. Like it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's quantifiable, but it's, it's there. I agree. And like, Patrick Mahomes has that. Like watching yeah. the quarterback show last season, like I will say it wasn't the greatest show I've ever watched, but you watch that show. You're like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, this dude is, he wants to win. And like, he kind of gives off this like goofy, silly quarterback, like in interviews and stuff. But when he's, when the game's going and during those three hours, there's a fire in that dude that like, absolutely. I, I'm just gonna be, it's not there with Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when I think about Dak Prescott, I think of, you know, the Seahawks getting in Tariq Wollin's face. I, I think of the guy who, you know, tells you he's a big dude and he's doing the flex. And I like, yep. I see that stuff and I see it, but. I don't, but then I, you see the Packers game where it looks like he's yeah. a scared dog that just got punched in the mouth. Yeah. And that's the part I think is the the mentality, right? You're He's part of it. I mean, you're absolutely right. He's a part of this in the sense that like this team they say all the right things. They tell you all week, like, this is the year or this is the team we play for each other. We understand what this is, that's what's at stake. And you hear all this lip service. Then you get on the field. And like you said, they're sitting there like, well, this wasn't how it was supposed to go. And instead of, you know, you know, trying to stop the bleeding, they just, you know, bleed out. And, and 
you know, it's in, in the biggest moments, that's not what you need from your biggest players. Yeah. I mean, and I both of it, like we're both that guys, we're both Dak supporters and we're both, yeah, we still believe in this, but like, you're right. There's just, there's something to those teams that seem to keep making it to the Super Bowl and seem to keep winning in the playoffs yeah. that we just don't consistently see with the Cowboys. Absolutely. And so let's kind of pivot. There are some relate, relatable topics here. Some of them matter to the team and in the coaching staff. And some of them's kind of off the, off the wall stuff. I want to get your take on, but initially the Cowboys look like they're signing or hiring Mike Zimmer to be the defensive coordinator. I want to get your brief thoughts on that, but I also want to touch on the little Rex Ryan wrinkle. I don't know if you saw that this morning. Did you see that? Yeah. So essentially Mike Zimmer is, we believe it to be a done deal, but it's not like technically ink dry done deal. And so there is still a little bit of what's going on here to this. So So yeah. 105.3, the fans, Brian brought us said, it looks to be a contract like hang up right now. And those things usually get figured out. And so I fully expect Mike Zimmer to be the, the defensive coordinator of this team. But Rex Ryan, when Adam Schefter on ESPN was talking about the situation and Adam Schefter was talking about it like it was a done deal, Rex Ryan said something, and I'm paraphrasing to the fact of like, it's I don't think it's a done deal just yet. I think we're putting the cart before the horse, and I don't know if this is actually a done deal. But Rex Ryan's in the running, so it's interesting because he hadn't been told. You know, this is so Cowboys, right? Super Bowl Sunday. You think you have one guy hired. You have another guy on national television telling you he's still in the running and it's not a done deal. I don't know what to make of all of it, but it's classic Cowboys. But let's just speak to specifically to Mike Zimmer. How do you feel about the hire if this comes true? And then for, you know, the cover our own backsides, let's say how you would feel about Rex Ryan if that ended up being the pick as well. I mean, just to be, I'm like 99.9% sure that Mike Zimmer is going to be our defensive coordinator right. week one next year. Yes, so we talked about it last week. I don't like, do I think this is Jerry making some groundbreaking move that he's flexing on the rest of the NFL of, oh, look at the, look at the type of defensive coordinator I can get. No, this isn't insane. But in terms of the available defensive coordinators that are out there, I do think Mike Zimmer had success. We talked about last week. I don't think he ever had a defense that was like truly loaded with talent. I think like you had guys like Anthony Barr. You had you had names that were decent to good, some pro bowlers there, but I don't think he ever had just a truly stacked lock. Like Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn had the Legion of Boom. You knew like, yeah, that's Dan Quinn's defense, and he might have helped put those guys there, but he had a lot of talent to work with. Mike Zimmer, on the other hand, I don't think he ever worked with a ton of talent, and yet he was still consistently he was still consistently putting up great defensive numbers. And so I'm I'm a fan of the hire. I think he has a lot to work with here. I think if you put him in a defensive coordinator only role, which is what not what he was doing with the Vikings, obviously, when he was the head coach, I think I think it's a good hire. I'm not jumping out of my seat about it, but there's not many defense like names that I would have been. So I'm completely, completely comfortable with this hire. Yeah, like it's it's fine. Like that's how I feel. I'm not over the moon about it, and um, I don't love the idea of just going back to the same well with familiarity. I don't like unless it's like a unique situation where you're like, oh, this guy is. I think if the Chiefs got Eric B. Enemy again, you know, because now that he's free, I think that's a go back to the well could really be a fruitful thing. But this doesn't feel like that to me. This feels like a guy yeah. who is a Jerry guy who enjoys you know working with the Joneses, understands the dynamic. 
there's an opening there. There's interest there. So it's fine. Um, what a lot of people are selling is the fact that Mike Zimmer is going to be this tough, hard-nosed coach who's going to straighten this team out. And I hope they're right. I just, I just don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know if, and I said this, I think last week, I don't know if that, you know, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to, I'm going to belittle you a little bit, you know, just going to pull the best out of you. It might for a couple players. It might for, you know, maybe a couple dozen, but like, what if, what if you turn off somebody with that style of coaching? I don't know. I just, I, I have, I'm a little apprehensive in that sense. Schematically, you know, he's four, three, he's done three, four for Bill Parcells. He's done different things. Um, it's the linebacker play is going to be important. So now there's going to be an eff- emphasis on having, you know, talent and, you know, and some depth there. Um, but so I think that's a draft need. It, interested to see how they deploy Micah Parsons. But I think ultimately I'm cautiously optimistic with the hope that much like with Kellen Moore, right? Where Kellen Moore had really highs, highs, right? But the lows were really low too. And I felt like Dan Quinn got in a little bit of that where like when they're on, they're the best defense in the world. And then when they're bad, like they're putting losing by like 30 to the Packers in the playoffs. So if Mike Zimmer can be in the middle and keep it a less up and down, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I th- I'm not expecting a huge defensive philosophy shift. And in fact, while during the defensive coordinator search, Jerry came out and said, like, Dan Quinn clearly built something that we're not just going to comp- we're not going to destroy here. We're not. And that this actually might be a Mike McCarthy, obviously paraphrase here. I have to go back. It was Mike McCarthy, Jerry once who said like they're not going to completely reinvent the wheel. Dan Quinn clearly is building something and they're not going to destroy it. But what I do expect to happen is the Dan Quinn defense was clearly built on big plays those plays being sacks pressures and turnovers and that's what it really worked for the three years under dan quinn the mike zimmer defense i expect it to be a little bit more you have to gain every first down and every first down is going to be difficult we're not going to jump the ball here we're not gonna like we're gonna play back a little bit we not we might not be sending the house but you're gaining 10 yards every time it's going to be tough. And if you gain 10 yards, it's going to be exactly 10 yards. There's no big plays happening here. So yeah. I think the Mike Zimmer defense is going to be more keep it in front of you, not really jumping anything. But so it's going to be, and I'm not describing it. This isn't bend, don't break, because that's just a way to describe a mediocre defense. It's not bend, don't break. This is just very like less big play dependent, more you're you're going to be fighting against us. Yeah, and that's fine. And like, I love that. I love the idea of keeping things in front of you being not. What's the word? Like, just more consistent is really what I'm looking for. Consistency. Yeah. You know, ultimately, you're bringing an edge, bringing a toughness. I, my thing is, did you ever like when you think about the Cowboys, right? And you always hear about people talk about the Cowboys in the sense that they're always predictable. And they always want to beat you with our guys are better than your guys. And we're going to go out there and win football games. I, I like the idea that, you know, Zimmer's going to be a little bit more harder to figure out. He's going to be a little bit more complex in the way he, you know, deploys the defense. Now that makes it harder for the team, you know, to do the right things and, you know, get in the right positions. But I, I agree that a change was needed. I think Dan Quinn is somebody I respect and I liked what he's building. And I, I, I'm a creature of habit. So I enjoy having um, 
that continuity. But ultimately, there was only one way that I thought Dan Quinn could lose his job, and it was exactly how it went down in the wild card round. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought Mike McCarthy was on the chopping block too. So um, just when it's that bad, it, something's got to give. I agree. I will say, like, I think there is room. Obviously, there's room for improvement on the defense. We've already talked about the back half of the season. It wasn't pretty, and obviously, in the wild card round, it wasn't pretty whatsoever. However, I think there's room for what we saw, the shift from 2022 to 2023 with the offense. I'd love to see a similar shift happen with the defense where, like, if you think about Kellen Moore's offenses, it was very... I compare it to Dan Quinn defense. It was very, very big play reliant, very like bomb, bomb, bomb. Oh, wow. Look at this offense humming. They're picking up 15 yards, turn around, running a uh, misdirection, another 15 yards, 15 yards, 15 yards, touchdown. Well, that was a two minute drive and they scored and like they were putting up the, the, when you look at the numbers, yeah, the Cowboys were the best offense in the NFL. They also like, they were scoring so quick that, and Mike McCarthy talked about this and the shift to 2023, three happens you're like oh yeah this is a much more methodical slower bang like bang bang like how you how did you describe this offense you use the perfect term and death by what what do you what's the term you use to describe this offense where it's like like death by paper cuts or nah i, I don't know it's just like very like methodical slow key things of like yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see a similar shift happen with the defense where you don't need the interceptions. You don't need the fumbles. You don't need the sacks. You're just, yeah, they might pick up two or three first downs every time. That's fine. But then like they're going to, you're going to run into the wall eventually because you can't consistently play against a more talented defense, which the Cowboys will have in 2024. They'll have a more talented defense than most offenses in the NFL, just because of the way they've built over the last few years. And so I'd like to see a similar shift happen where they just, it's more of an emphasis on consistency weekend, week out, instead of the big play reliance, which can fall apart at any time. Yeah. And that's the thing for me is a bottom line, as we've said it a few times, we're going to continue to say it's consistency. It's getting over the hump. It's finding a way to just have that little bit extra to get over the top here. And maybe who knows, you know, they, they let Dan Quinn cook and pick his guys. So what if Mike Zimmer's guys, guys are more, you know, focused on tenacity and tough and bring us an edge. Like what if we have enough talent and they add some tenacity and some toughness and that's what we need to get over the top guys that come in and shift the culture a little bit. And who knows? I mean, it's, it's, it's weird that we're in a lame duck year with Mike McCarthy and who knows what happens, but we talk about it. Either Mike McCarthy is going to rise to the occasion or this time next year, we're going to be talking about who's the new head coach. So it's, it's an interesting perspective and, you hope it, it it draws the best out of them and the team. And and Jerry's talking about being all in on free agency. So whatever that looks like, hopefully it's fruitful for the Cowboys. Do you buy it? Do you buy him being all in on free agency? I, I kind of. I, mean, I feel like I feel like a sucker because I kind of do. You know what I mean? I like I see I see a guy who has been thirty years. I mean the guy's eighty what eighty two. He, he was in his fifties when they won a Super Bowl. So like. It's clearly getting more and more upset with each passing year that the Cowboys right. aren't. I mean, at what yeah, point do you there. go like, what do you go and just say like, what are we counting pennies for? What are we like? We're, we're winning every deal. Like how about we win a super bowl? Like instead of winning every yeah. deal. So I can't, I'm, I, I'm tend to believe, but I thought, you know, the dam broke last year. I thought the dam broke the year before that. I, I just think that maybe it could be, but I want to see it. 
at least we took a step in the right direction in 2023 with the Cooks and Gilmore trade. Now, granted, those are trades that it's also like no brainer deals in terms of like you're not going to turn those deals down. So, yeah, they still like won those trades. I'm not going to give Jerry too much credit for that because it's not like he really went all in throwing a couple fifth round picks to acquire some solid contributors. But like at least the Cowboys were they started stepping in the right direction in 2024 or sorry, 2023 for sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to take some of our biggest talent and speaking of our biggest talent, Mike, Michael Parsons, CD lamb. Did you catch any of the radio row on podcast? Like the, the edge show by Micah. Did you catch any of that? Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I liked it. And I'll let you give the rundown on it because you've probably were following that story a little bit more closely than me, but overall I, I enjoyed what I heard from CD specifically. So it's funny. We have, we actually have difference of opinion in this a little bit. I, I, I really, I can appreciate the candor, right? I can appreciate like the honesty, but I'm rubbed wrong by it a little bit in the sense that I don't want to hear every time these guys talk and sound exactly what I want to hear. It almost feels like a gaslit partner, right? The gaslighting me to believe, oh yeah, you know what? Next year you you will change. You know, next year it's gonna be different. Like all you say all the right things. Like, yeah, you guys know you need more leadership. You know you need to lock in, you know, and C D Lamb goes, Yeah, I know I need to be more mature, but you didn't know that three weeks ago. You didn't know you had to be more mature three weeks ago. So um it just to me. And it was funny, like, what really kind of ticked me off a little bit was him, like, saying, you know, my mom, like, let's just dress the yeah, elephant in the room. And I, I don't condone what my mom said. Like, me and Dak, we have a great relationship. Let's, you know, let's get this money. And, like, when he said, let's get this money, it kind of, like, I was like, the priorities are all wrong. And even if it was a Freudian slip, like, that was the first thing on his mind. It wasn't let's get this title. It's let's get this money. I'm like, these guys think about all the wrong stuff. And I'm, I know you've chopping at the bit to say something, but I'm like, it just threw me off. I just, I, I don't disagree with what you like. Yeah. Let's get this money. Probably not the, I, I understand what you mean, but yeah, I mean, come on. Like you, these are two guys that are up to make a lot of money. And clearly like that's, I don't love the fact that that's what you're coming. However, I will say CD's in a very unique position right now where he just proved he's among the NFL's best wide receivers. He could have played the, I don't know what, like, like the, as receivers sometimes do, you see a lot of specifically the receiver position because their receivers and corners are a different breed. And so CD could have easily gone with the route of like, I don't know where I'll be once this, once my fifth, like once this fifth year goes up, like, I don't like, I don't know what my future holds, like some type of like that route. Like, yeah, I'd like to be a cowboy, but we'll see where it goes and like really open the door to like, oh, is CD even going to be a cowboy? No, he shut she, he shut it down saying like, no, I'm I ride with Dak. I clearly like Dak. Me in the playoffs. That's not how I really feel. I got to be better. I'm good. I'm a Dallas cowboy. And so like, I just think he could have gone two different ways with it. And we've seen a lot of receivers over recent years go with the first option of like being shady just so you can get a couple million dollars on the deal that the that CD went with the owning up to it. So I, I more respected it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a fair, I guess my whole premise of like, 
Micah going on there and he's friends and he's buddies with everybody. And it's, and it's great. Like as long as he goes out there and gets, you know, double digit sacks and he's, you know, he's forcing a lot of pressures and winning, you know, double team rate is crazy high and he's just commanding that type of attention. Like, sure. Do your thing. But it's just the adding Jordan love and telling, Hey, Hey Jordan, how did you beat us? Like, you know, and have that conversation with like, and then sitting there and Jordan telling you like, yeah, your linebackers are kind of booty. And like, you know, we just knew that if we ran away from you or ran to you and ran away from Demarcus Lawrence, it's like, why are we so predictable? This like not a, as good as talent as we have. Nobody's afraid to play the Dallas Cowboys. Like it's just the the flat out. It doesn't, and that's super frustrating to sit here and then be on Radio Row and get chummy with everybody. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know if you caught the Madden sequence with him and um David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns, where he was like. Uh, that's you know he said something to the effect like that's Cleveland that's just Cleveland for you and and Najoku is like you play for the Cowboys like you don't you can't hit me with that that's Cleveland because you play and it's like <laughs> man like Mike I don't even think you understand the history bro you're in the midst of like a drought brother you're in you know what I mean like you're in the midst yeah of, you know there's some tough tough drought here so it just it just comes off as tone deaf a little bit i can appreciate it as a guy with a podcast and trying to grow a platform i can understand having that situation and using it but it's just like i'm just so tired of hearing about it i just want to see it yeah i mean if i had my druthers with it no i we'd be hearing very little to nothing from the cowboys players over the offseason but it is a reality of being in 2024 now that Micah's make I'm sure making plenty of money off Bleacher Report for his yeah. deal and what he's doing with them. I'm sure yeah. every appearance with CD Lamb, Dak Prescott, like all these, like they're making money. And I'm not gonna sit here on my high horse and act like I'd turn down them. So I get it. I understand it. But yeah, yeah I think we're on the same page. Like if we had our druthers, we wouldn't be hearing from them. But if you're gonna appear at least like try and do your best, please, this offseason. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't stir anything up. Don't yeah. Like let's, let's this chill. in turn, yeah. This is like nothing disaster. We can have some disasters happen when players mm-hmm. open their mouths too much. We haven't had anything like that. Please let this be an off season <laughs> where we don't have any disasters. Absolutely. And so, I'm you know for me, I almost respect more with Dak Prescott going on. I know he's got a kid coming, and I know that plays a factor into it. But as soon as they lost, he wasn't doing none of the nonsense. No, he, yep. No Pro Bowl. No award show, no nothing. Like, my man went to the mountains and, like, I, he just, you know, got away from it. And I almost respect that because as a guy who deeply cares, you know, a guy who legitimately, like, who gets unfairly treated and talked about and discussed. And, you know, I'm all game to talk about anybody and any fair criticisms. But his conversation is absurd. It's just not even a real enjoyable or even doable conversation. So I'm glad he kind of stepped away and got out of the spotlight. What what do you think about multiple players saying that Dak Prescott's the most hated player in the NFL and that the most unfairly hated player in the NFL? You and a be, lot of players from other teams coming to his aid in that. You got to be wearing blinders to not see it. Yeah. You know, it's like anybody who said anybody who said it's Brock Purdy is just like you were just trying to be in the moment because anybody would tell you yeah. it's Dak Prescott one hundred percent. And I'm not even saying that biasly. Like the way the guy gets talked about is absolutely ludicrous yeah like i can respect there were some names that i was like what are we doing like we're brock purdy i kind of get it sure Mm -hmm. but no i mean nobody's getting hate like that i mean 
I, I mean, watching the coverage of the Super Bowl for the last two weeks and working in the business and stuff, like they were still in many segments on television. They were still in many conversation points. I'm like, these guys haven't played in like a month and you got a Super Bowl in four days. Why are you talking about Dak Prescott? Why is Stephen A antagonizing Cowboys fans? Like it's just it's just it's nonsensical to me and you know, it's frustrating and I guess that's what it comes with. And I and I always remind people of this. I can I can complain now and vent, but the reason that the Cowboys have so much exposure and I'm able to get to them and see them and talk about them and cover them and get paid to cover them is because of the hate. Hate drives the yeah. conversation. All these people who dislike the Cowboys and 49ers fans saying Cowboys suck during Super Bowl week, that stuff helps us. It pays my bills. It keeps my team on the screen, and it keeps me um doing what I love. So I guess I got to take the good with the bad and, and just roll with the punches there. I mean, when we just got to hope that in a year from now, we're talking about a Cowboys Super Bowl yeah. victory. Man, it's that's tough. That's tough to believe. <laughs> it's just like after the way this season ended, I, that's yeah. really tough to believe that we're going to be doing that. But we'll hold out hope. Yeah, I mean, I was at Texas Live, and we got to wrap this up real quick. But I was in Texas Live watching this game, and like my adrenaline gets going, I kind of get like teary eyed when I'm like fired up. I'm watching this, and I'm like, look to my wife, and I'm like, I'm just so jealous. Like this is <sighs> such a cool atmosphere, cool moment, and like my team's not involved in it. Like this, this kind of sucks. But like, I don't know. Real quick, five second answer. Would you rather be a Cowboys fan or a 49ers fan who has now been to the Super Bowl multiple, multiple times since the last since their last appearance and lost all of them? I'd rather be the 49ers. <laughs> Fair enough. I I'd would rather too, be but... the Bills in the 90s too. Like just give me really? in the yeah. give me in the it dance. Sucks. Give me a shot. Yeah. You know, not without knowing how it works out. Like, give me if you're telling me I got four shots at this, like I'm gonna take that, you know. But, like, this is now three times in, like, yeah. the span. Like, they just keep, like, popping up at random times of, <laughs> oh, maybe this is it. Nah. Not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. I can tell you that. But, yeah. hey, what else is not going to be easy is talk about the Cowboys this offseason. But we signed up for it. We're here to do it. Uh, we'll enjoy doing it. But, you know, unless you got anything else to add, Aiden. Nope, I got nothing. All right. Well, that is the last episode of the First and Ten podcast for the 2023 season. From this point on, it will be off season until we get into July, where it will be the uh, us getting into the 2024 season. So, from Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis, another episode of the First and Ten podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. Catch you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>